Before the bloodbath begins, slither your way over to the host's socials. For the podcast, slash over to Twitter at the BHO underscore podcast. Instagram, the Baron's Hideout Podcast. Then stab over to Dean's Instagram at Dean of the Dead Hot Sauce. Listen to the show on your favorite apps and Patreon. Enjoy the sleigh and try to stay alive. For the next period of time, strap in as the hosts rip and tear at the unsuspecting guests, and which the their dark secrets and methods of the genre. In this bloodbath, no one gets out alive. This is within the barracks. What's up, guys? Damian Leone here, writer, director of Terrifier and Terrifier 2. And this is David Howard Thornton, Art the Clown himself from Terrifier and Terrifier 2. And you're listening to the Baron's Hideout Podcast. Art the Clown himself, David Howard Thornton, and the man behind Art in the Terrifier films, Damien Leone. Let's get ripped apart together as our guests talk about all things Terrifier and special effects. Damien, David, how are you both doing? Doing well, man. Excited to be here. Yeah, doing great, man. Great to be back. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, it's, it was awesome to have, um, you know, David, you on... Um, months ago i think is yeah what it's i think been it's about, about two months ago it's um time has i i'm lost on time now i i don't know anymore <laughs> yeah i i feel that and we were talking about you know terrifier and terrifier 2 back then and you did warn me that um this one definitely ups the ante and i'm gonna be honest i um i was kind of thinking you were pulling my leg a little bit <laughs> i was like how can you how can you up the ante from the first one um you guys definitely did <laughs> for sure um so um i wanted to you know, kind of start it off on the um i guess before i go into all the other questions i wanted to ask you uh damien um from going from terrifier to terrifier 2 um was it hard for you to um continue eyes the, uh, the movies since it pretty much you know picks up right at the same night, actually does pick up on the same night. Um, was it a challenge for you to feel, to figure out like, where are you going to go next? Not really, honestly. It all came to me pretty organically. And when I finally actually sat down to write it, um, I wrote it pretty quickly. I wrote it in, I mean, for a script, I wrote it in three and a half months, something like that. Which oh, is pretty, wow. Wow. Pretty fast. Um, so yeah, it wasn't so much, the story is because once I knew the supernatural element was going to be a big part and, you know, for years I already had these little, these little ideas, these little horror ideas that I wanted to incorporate into this movie. And especially I always, well, not always, but I had the Sienna character in my mind since about 2008. Um, oh, so wow. I, knew I wanted to have this Valkyrie, you know, final girl going up against uh, art eventually at some point. So, you know, it all wrote itself pretty organically. But what I was nervous about was the big risks I was going to be taking with this script 
with the supernatural element with the there's a there's a more of a family drama injected into this movie yeah. it's completely absent from the first terrifier because the first terrifier is just a showcase for art the clown it's just a bloodbath limited locations <clears throat> art just slicing people up but you know and i said this before we could have really just phoned in a sequel and instead of having art in a warehouse he could have been in a supermarket this time just hacking up <laughs> people and and some people would have enjoyed it because a lot of people just want to see art doing his thing but i really wanted to grow as a filmmaker and really expand this mythology and all these other wild ideas that i've had and see if i can combine it into this new fresh slasher film um so that was the challenge it was taking these big risks and you know wondering if people are gonna gravitate toward them or not yeah and um i'll say that the risks that you took paid off uh, and okay. um you really are growing into your own like being my 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 co-host who is away right now we talk about it all the time like you know damien really like making own footwork in in horror and as a film writer and special effects artist as well and writing and we can see you growing and I'm excited for your future and for everybody else who's involved with the Terrifier films. It's so fun to watch art just go to town. <laughs> it really, really is. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, and, you know, it, that's where the pressure comes in. I get more people, because especially when we made Terrifier 1, obviously he has a pretty considerable fan base now, and a lot of people love him so much. They get tattoos. I mean, they really put him on a, on a pedestal, some people. So it's like, Oh my God, you know, now people have tattoos. It's like, I don't want to let these people down yeah. putting his face on their body for the rest of their life. So we really tried to deliver something really special. And it's one of the reasons why this movie took so long to make. Uh, Cause we, we, you know, we knew it was ambitious, but we wanted something where they're going to see it and talk about it when they leave the theater, not something they're going to forget about in, you know, 20 minutes. So we oh, care yeah. we really do care about the fan base like a lot so and that's awesome i mean and you're in the great company the horror community is uh is a great community um uh, yeah there, there's you know from time to time there'll be bad eggs but that's with anything but with everybody who's so supportive in the horror community like david we were even um talking about this before just how welcoming everybody is yeah um, and it's it's so good to be a part of that and and being able to speak to both of you um here at the same time is honestly an honor um david it was such an honor talking to you before but having damien <laughs> here now you know the the person behind it all and then you're just out there doing your thing so <laughs> david i wanted to ask you i mean we kind of talked about this before but we couldn't go into too much detail because the movie mm -hmm. wasn't out yet and just for both of you know this will be going out on friday so if you do want to talk about spoilers you can since it would already be out yeah. in the theaters all right let's go for it um sounds so, good to me so, David, I wanted to ask you, what was it like having to go from T1 art to T2 art? Was there a big difference or did it feel pretty normal and you were just adding up on it? Yeah, I think more the latter. It felt a lot more normal this time because I was so much more comfortable with the character because I had already now at that point had, you know, not just done one film with the character. I, I've been living with him in my head for no, multiple years at that point. That's so very <laughs> character. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. He's he's there. I mean, I have moments in real life where I'm like, how would Art handle this situation? Oh like no! Someone annoys me. Oh yeah. I, I I sometimes come I come up with an idea for a kill, and I'll just like, Damien, I came up with a kill just because some guy on a motorcycle annoyed me. 
<laughs> uh, he never listens to my my ideas though but <laughs> it's like, yeah that's cool but we're not used to that <laughs> but yeah it's, it, he he lives there now he's he's in a, in a dark part of my 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 headspace i guess you could say but it, it was it was fun coming back to him again because i love the guy he's such a mischievous little bastard yeah, so I, I was, I was a lot more comfortable this time around because now you know when I uh, I took on Art the first time I was taking on the role after someone else, Mike Ginelli, who played him originally. You know he played him so well. I was taking on a role from him, and I knew people already loved his performance, and I knew I was already going to be doing a few things different than he did, and I was wary about how people are going to receive a slightly different take on Art. Because I know how I am as a fanboy myself when I see different, you know, actors take on an iconic role from someone else. Like, you know, you know when uh, Jack Earl Haley took on the role of Freddy Krueger after Robert England did it, it was just like, it's just not, I mean, Jack Earl Haley's an amazing character actor, but he just wasn't Robert. Exactly. He just, he just didn't have that, mm, that Robert brought to it. And I was like, oh, God, this is going to come back and bite me in the butt. And so I was, I was nervous that whole entire time until the movie finally came out and I got the response. And I saw, okay, people like what I'm doing with the characters. Sweet. Okay, I know this is what people like. Let's stick to that then. I knew where the character truly lived now with the audience as well. So I was a lot more confident this time around with the character. Yeah, I can I can see that on screen, and I'm sure everybody else who has been watching it, you can really feel how familiar you are with him. Mm-hmm. Um, even us as a character, we can see art growing. Um, not really a good thing, considering he's just this brutal maniac who mm-hmm. just kills anything that's in his way just for the fun of it. Um, so it is really cool to kind of see um, you evolve um with this character and also now having a sidekick um you know with, with a little girl who likes to lure people in who is so fucking creepy i love it and <laughs> i crack up oh, sh- every single yeah. time when she is introduced and you're just there reading the newspaper and she just shits all over the floor <laughs> it's so good <laughs> and your face just drops <laughs> It just drops, and I'm just like, "This is why I love Terrifier." <laughs> yeah, it's so. Oh my god, so gross and good that you just you can't keep your eyes off it. Oh <laughs> so yeah. Good. Oh, Amelie was just so good too. It's like when he came up with this character, I was like, "Oh my god, this is a great character that's going to be in there." And, and then we we hired the perfect little actress. I mean, Amelie is just fantastic in the role, and she adapted so quickly to what i was doing like my first time doing a scene with her is when we did the possum scene that was my first day meeting her too and she went straight into just mimicking what i was doing just playing along with me and it's like finding a child actor that has that natural ability to just play like that on the fly and not be in their head too much and just willing just to go crazy with stuff that was that was so, so cool. We just instantly just hit it off right there. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. She's going to steal the show from me. But yeah. go for her. You know, that's great for her. Because, I mean, it, the look of her is just so creepy, too. The, yep. the look they came up with is like she's not just a, you know, a total clone of art. You know, there's so many variances that they put into her, which I loved. And it's just 
uh, just the notion of this character because it's like that's not the only form she takes there's so there's so many questions about this character i'm very excited to see where it's going to go forward with this character as well and um i guess i want to ask before i forget um if you can talk about this um damien are we going to see more terrifier and are we going to see a, a big terrifier family um after this are you planning on something like that because i would love to see just a ton of arts honestly <laughs> <laughs> I want I want more. I want more. The clown posse. Yeah, yeah. literally. <laughs> Listen, I mean it was that was a, a big risk just giving Art a, a little sidekick in this mm-hmm. movie because that could have really detracted from from him. But so I, it was important that she not overshadow or be in the movie too much, just enough. I mean, she's really just there to be sort of his cheerleader also his guide i mean she's the one who really guides him throughout the movie to sienna and jonathan and wherever he needs to go and whatever he needs to do um she keeps him on track you know she's his like taskmaster in a lot of ways he's so adhd he gets so distracted by another person to kill so he needs someone that's going to keep him you know goal oriented yeah (laughs) But uh, I, I don't think uh, I don't think we need other Art the Clowns. I think he's enough for for everybody. But uh, there's certainly <laughs> there's never enough <laughs> art. <laughs> uh, there's certainly going to be another Terrifier. I mean, we left so many unanswered questions. I mean, you're going to have more questions going in. That was something I couldn't talk about when people, you know, months ago and whatever, when we would talk about this movie, people would say, oh, are we going to hear a lot about Art's backstory? Are we going to learn more? I'm like, yeah, you're definitely, you're going to learn more, but you know, not, not you know, you're not going to realize how many more questions you're going to have. after. Yeah. Because yeah, cause... Um, I'm building a whole mythology here, a whole universe. And that, you know, the, I like putting the audience in the same situation as the characters. So Lauren and Jonathan, I mean, well, yeah, uh, Sienna and Jonathan are disco- unraveling this mystery and, and things are happening to them as they go. And I want the audience to be as surprised and, you know, as they are, as it's going. And, you know, you just have to deal with this situation, this wild situation as it's unraveling. But, you know, nothing is arbitrary. I mean, everything has an explanation. Everything, most things will, will be resolved. I don't like spelling out everything to a T. I can't. Yeah. Don't, yeah. You don't need to. No, I don't think that. I think that's a a bad idea, but um, yeah. uh, But we'll, we'll see. There's a lot more to explore with art and with sienna oh i'm very very interested because of how you also introduced this whole like um fantasy um element to it as well um at the end especially when you see like a bunch of other things happening you know sienna is is dead but then she's not you got the sword you you got um uh you got the clown cafe which was such a great segment and such a catchy song too So congrats on that. I love that whole segment of, you know, like art being in dreams too. So there is a lot of questions you're asking. So like what you still didn't answer. What is art? And I love that. I just, I love, you don't know exactly who or what art is. I mean, like, I guess the closest thing you could probably, you know, I don't know, air him to which is kind of a stretch is like Pennywise, not because of the clown element, but just because he kind yeah. of, he takes on like multiple forms, but, he, but he's still art in those forms. You know, he can just be like wherever he, wherever he wants to be. So that's um, kind of like what I, what I think of when I think of art, but obviously arts is his own thing. Um, yeah. I mean, well, look, in this movie, there is 
blatant, heavy handed, um, you know, symbolism and metaphors and motifs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so obviously a heaven, hell, good versus evil yep. film. But see, I mean, Sienna is literally dressed as an angel. I mean, she's like, <laughs> she, she literally becomes an Old Testament angel by the end of this movie. I mean, she's just this fierce beast. She's almost as fierce as Art the Clown by the end of the movie. And, you know, and he's he's a demon. I mean, let's call it what it is. But the term demon is so vague, but he's yeah. clearly this evil supernatural force in this one that's seemingly immortal and invulnerable so i mean you can read that into it but there's also a lovecraftian element to him as well it's just like with madness and it's just like that's why he's he's that 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 you know that loki almost like character too just a a prankster yeah yeah he he enjoys everything he does too regardless of how brutal it is (laughs) and um, that's why i love him (laughs) that's why i like about it too it's it's not like it's like Damien's finding inspiration just from like the Bible or something like that. He's finding inspiration from so many different types of mythologies and legends and stories. And it's just, he's making his own universe in, its, in itself, which is, it's exciting for me to see that too. Cause I'm a big, huge fantasy nerd as well. So I'm just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see um, how more fantastical terrifier can get. Um, so Damien, I wanted to ask you as you, um, you know, you're still kind of leading the special effects, but you know, that must be a really tough job to be directing and also handling special effects and makeup. So, uh, (laughs) this is, um, I think this is a pretty good one to ask is from going from Terrifier 1, Terrifier 2, how was it doing the special effects? Was it, um, was it tougher this time around or was it a little bit easier knowing what, what you're getting your hands into literally? Oh my, a hundred times more difficult. Oh, really? (laughs) Because again, if you've seen this movie, it is so ambitious. It's so much bigger than the first one. So I was, I knew it was going to be an overwhelming amount of makeup effects. And for the first time, because I've always done all my own makeup effects, but I knew it was virtually impossible for me to direct this movie and build all of these effects. So I tried to hire another makeup team and we were talking to them for a while and it got to the point where they were actually, we were, um, we were getting them all the supplies they needed and they were going to take like 40% of the, the effects off my shoulders. Oh, wow. So I, I felt great. And then, but we were still trying to work out the budget and what they needed. And then eventually we couldn't come to an agreement. So they bailed out like a month and a half, a month before we started shooting. Oh no. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, like now we're really, in trouble uh and i spoke to my partner phil phil falcone the producer and he said look we got it we cannot keep postponing we have to jump in and just start shooting this movie and we'll figure it out but if we don't start we'll never make this thing so we had to go and just jump in but what would happen is we'd film up to a point where we needed the effects and then we'd have to break for a week or two and then phil and i would build everything needed for the upcoming shoot and then oh, wow that's dedication holy shit yeah insane dedication and it was, you're talking just long hours just him and i building everything um and with the whole movie was stop and go like that because it's just endless special effects so that's one of the main reasons why it took so long for us to make um because it's such a low budget movie and there's so much in this movie you know to if we had to hire an actual you know really big makeup company they would charge us probably i would say definitely millions of dollars so over a million dollars to the effects that yeah. i did this movie for free i mean only for the cost of 
the, the supplies. I mean, I, we didn't take a salary for these makeup effects. Uh, so that's, you know, the, that's the way these movies get made. I mean, you have to make some serious sacrifices. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, listen, it's, you're still, uh, we're still doing what we love. It's uh, it's my dream. So, you, you know, you have to remind yourself, you know, you're making monsters for a living. You're playing with silicone and fake blood. I mean, yeah. it's exciting, but it is, it, it is difficult and it's stressful, but. Yeah. I mean, th- this man worked his butt off. I, I have to say <laughs> this because not only was he taking those breaks in between to build stuff, but he was still building things while we're filming. So we would be sometimes filming, a, you know, 12 plus hour day and then we would wrap everybody else would go home go to bed and sleep he would be staying up you know building stuff for the next day like my masks and some of the other practical effects and stuff like like wounds and stuff like that and i i know there are a few days there where he just did not get any sleep period or maybe he'd get like a, maybe an hour and he stayed there overnight at the location and just slept on the couch oh, for wow. just an hour or so and then we're back the next day filming and i'm like how the heck is he still standing and functioning right now? <laughs> a lot of coffee. Was, that would be my answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I remember there were days too where like he would just forget to eat. We're like, Damien, you got to eat, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, just, no. Eat. You got to. He's so him. in the zone, focused on what he's doing. And it's like, but the thing that amazed me too is like with all of that, knowing how much stress he was under, you would expect him to just, you know, when so- something would go wrong, to him to just explode. Because I'm so used to having directors that just lose their kill and just go off and go crazy and stuff like that. He he was never like that. The rest of us might have those moments, but he was just, something would go wrong and he would just go over to the, the corner for a second and like, okay, here's <laughs> what we're going to do. And it, it was like, my god man how do you do this <laughs> dedication you know damien us horror fans we we love you for that like seriously you you're pushing a lot of boundaries um in in the horror universe and, and sphere right now that i think a lot of other filmmakers um don't want to take the risks that you are doing and you know especially with you um david as as an actor um as that one scene that you both know what I'm talking about. Oh, that... you, you had to see my butt. I know. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one too. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I'm that... so sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, it's a, really it's a good butt. Fly. It's a great butt. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I've been working out since. I've been working out so it looks better now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so we'll get more in Terrifier 3. Do you know how many people have told me that's their favorite scene? That could have, that could be a big part of it. That could be a big part of it. You know, just <laughs> big. A Twitter account just for Art's butt. <laughs> Never know. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that one scene, that two minutes and forty second scene, both know what I'm talking about. Just for oh, yeah. anybody who is listening right now, if you don't want to listen to spoilers, I want to go into detail with uh, David and Damien on this one. Um, so just skip ahead. But for that scene with Allie, holy shit. You know, David warned me. He's like, there's a scene in here that, that's going to top, you know, the, go- the girl getting sawed in half and you're not going to be ready for it. No, I was not ready. I had to stop the movie for five minutes oh, wow. and then go back in. And I, I love gore. I, I love hard-hitting things that make me feel uneasy and watching people get ripped apart. But I don't know. There's something about like how the video, the visual style of this film is, and how you know almost realistic it, it feels like it's happened like right now in front of me. It hit me really, really hard. Um, so I wanted to ask both of you 
Um, David, we'll, we'll, I'll ask you since you were more hand-on um, with this. I mean, Damien, you are too with the effects, but um, mm-hmm. for you being on, on screen when this was happening, how hard was it for you to be there ripping things and, and being so in there more than you've ever been? Were you getting like hit really hard with that too? Or was it all pretty you know easy to, to jump into? For the most part, it was pretty easy because I think the person that was having the hard part of that all was, you know, Casey, who played Allie. I mean, she was she was the one having to do all the screaming and yelling and just yeah. being that high, you know, energy crazed mode for f- five plus days. I mean, that's that's tough for her. So I'm like, I had more fun with it, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm also checking in with her constantly because I'm like, my God, are you okay? Because <laughs> I, I know like a few times I was doing stuff, I thought I had genuinely hurt her. You know, it's like, no, she was just acting. I'm like, man, you're so good. <laughs> I was right there for a second. But yeah, it even had moments, though, that made me cringe because there are a few things, not a lot grosses me out or makes me just wince. Just fingernails anything happening with eyes oh yeah and anything happening to bones breaking because those are things i i know that pain and i empathize with that pain and damien put two of those into the sink <laughs> and i was like so both of those moments i was just like god especially the, the breaking of the arm and the, yeah. the splitting and i was like god <laughs> it's kind of good we didn't run sound when i was doing that because you would have heard me just going oh god <laughs> oh no no we need outtakes on that we need that there whole is, scene outtakes <laughs> there, is great, there is some great behind the scenes of that on the uh it'll be on the blu-ray of the oh i can't oh, wait yeah yeah but i mean like i i have to hand it to to casey for this i mean that if she had not given the performance that she gave for that scene it, it wouldn't have been what it was and it is she was just fantastic and you know doing that for five days in a row yeah, that's crazy. That's tough. That is tough. I mean, I, I did a kill scene in the movie uh, um, Dark Offerings. And by the end of that night, I was hoarse. And I had such a stress headache from having to be just in that state of mind the whole entire time. And I'm like, that was just one day. I can't imagine doing that for five days. I'm like, that's that's something else. Not to mention, you know, people don't realize that we, we built that room. Her room was a set because we knew we were going to devastate it with yeah. fake blood and everything. So we couldn't possibly go into somebody's room uh, and do that. We would never be able to clean it up. So we built that room specifically that we could spray blood everywhere and destroy the rug. But it was built in a barn in the winter. We shot that in December. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> barn, it was a snowstorm while we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and freezing and no heat. I mean, we had, there's like this wood burning stove in there, but didn't do much. And uh, we had space heaters in between takes but still i mean you're you know she's there in just a bra and underwear and covered in blood covered in just these prosthetics from head to toe really really difficult for her but i mean she is the mvp i say of this movie and she gets the every right to complain award even though she never complained not one time i mean it was just a blessing to work with her but, I yeah. complain when I'm on my knees for an extended period of time. I'm uh, like, because I have such bony are. knees. I'm like, <laughs> oh god, it's like diva over here. But no. I know, God, <laughs> I, I, I I need my insomniac cookies. Yeah, there you go. 
But a scene like this is so technical. So, I mean, when you see it play out and you see two, four, you know, two minutes and 40 seconds of insanity, but you don't realize how many cuts are going on. It's all these little tiny pieces. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's kind of, it's interesting for him, like where he would, you know, people ask, do you get into that mind state of art, the clown? How do you feel doing all this stuff, ripping body parts apart? I mean, it's just one little moment of, okay, you got to cut this scalp, you know, boop, boop, boop. And then that's it. The shot's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's all just very technical little things. But I think one of the reasons why a scene like that, especially is so intense besides the graphic nature of it, but you don't typically see scenes like that in horror movies that happen in these well-lit and very bright. Exactly. Movies. You want to hide a lot. That's why right. you want to hide everything. This to me, this was my American wealth in London transformation scene in bright light. I want you to see every little thing that's going on because it's not, you know, it's not typical. Um, and that resonates with people. It really comes across, even if it's subconscious on a more disturbing level, you know, you're like, yeah. Oh, these things aren't supposed to happen in bright light or in broad daylight. But when you see it, it's really effective. Well, I thank I you also, for, for doing that, really. Oh, <laughs> well, I also love how he edited it, too, with the juxtaposition of all the stuff going on with, you know, uh, Sienna as well, because it, it has us, you've seen what you think is the end of the scene, that it cuts away, and so it gets the audience a chance to breathe. Yeah. And then we come back again, it's like, oh my God, it's still going on. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get the chance to breathe again, and it comes back, oh my God, it's still going on, and here comes the mom. Yeah, like, that's oh, what got me. God the the mommy like oh my oh god like my she's god. still alive like what the hell art what the yeah. hell <laughs> oh that thing he built impressed the crap out of me too because i had already seen like it before he really assembled it and i was like oh that's cute that's cool then i walk in the room after they had set it up and covered it and all the gore and the slime and everything i'm like holy shit and i didn't know it was gonna move either and then all of a sudden they had yeah. to raise its head and I'm like oh god yeah that needs to be in like every horror attraction like now you need to like supply that like i will build you one. here you go this needs to be everywhere because that and like also with with art like eating her and like ripping her apart as she like talking to mommy and it's like oh my god such a messed up scenario damien you really did you know step step it up a lot in this one (laughs) Well, that was uh, that was inspired. I don't know if I said this already, but that was inspired by a photo of one of Jack the Ripper's victims. Oh, and wow. Okay. You actually so. see her splayed out on a bed and she's so horribly mutilated. You can't even tell it's a human being anymore. And I, I saw that image and I said, oh, my God, because I've said this before. And, and like internally, when I'm writing Art the Clown, and I really have to go into those sadistic places and say, all right, like the jokes are over now. And now he's really has to be this sadistic killer. What's he going to do? What's the head, the, the mindset. And I always say, I write him as if, you know, Satan and Jack the Ripper had a baby and okay. it's, you know, and then when I saw this image in the Jack the Ripper book, I said, you know, we have to do something like this and, and we have to sort of reverse engineer this photograph and show you how this character end up in this situation. So that was I knew that was going to be the one we were going to put all our all our eggs sort of in that basket, take the most time to craft those special effects and have that moment. I mean, we built the whole body for Catherine in part one when she's getting sawed in half. And that was the showstopper. So I knew we had to build another full body and then do something, you know, do something wild. So I wanted people to see Allie's body and, and know and say that, well, she's dead. That's clearly a, a yeah. double. 
I mean, can't possibly be a, a human being and then have it wake up. I thought it would be really disturbing. Uh, yeah, so. it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think if I was on set, like how, you know, David was just reacting, I think that's would have been my reaction, but I probably would have fainted. Honestly, but it like completely like covered and everything. Like I'm fine with watching things like that in real life, but uh, I mean, not, not not in real life. Sorry, in the films, I don't watch this stuff in real life. I don't kill anybody. I promise. Paging Doctor <laughs> Freud. <laughs> but watching it on film, and it, if if I were to see something like that, um, like a prop made uh, with in that much detail in real life, I would have. I would. You have to ship me off to the hospital. I would have been done. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, really props to everybody on the crew for pulling that off and yeah holy uh, shit i want more of that though <laughs> i'm craving yeah. it that's the thing um right. so i uh, i wanted to ask too with um you know elliot and lauren being you know, pretty much the other stars of this film um what was it like casting them and and working with them i guess um david i'll start with you since you are i mean you both were hands-on but like you were on film with them so what was it like working with with Elliot and Warren oh god great I mean like I, I remember just when he was in the whole casting process he he sent me both of their audition videos and as soon as I saw them I was like oh you got to cast them both because I, I I loved how much they actually looked like brother and sister as well yeah because that's one a big thing with me when I watch movies and you know especially when the plot hinges on them being biologically related and they don't look anything alike. They don't look like a real family. And that's what I loved about the family. And this, they look like a real family. That like their mother looked like that could be their mother. You know, they look like they could be brother and sister. And they, and the two of them really built a relationship with each other during the whole entire process as well. So they really were like brother and sister on set too, which was really cool to see. And and I think it translates well to screen in that uh, that way. But oh, it, was, it was great working with both of them. They're just like, you know, both of them are just so easy to play off of and work with. I And I just love them as human beings as well. It just when Damien cast Lorne, I specifically asked if we could just get lunch together so we could get to know each other before wow. we jumped into this. Because I'm like, we're going to be in the trenches with each other, at yeah. least for one film, if not possibly more in the future. And so I want to get to know her now. So we have a good relationship, especially considering the whole climax of the film. It's this big, huge battle between the two of us. So we needed to build the trust with each other because we're doing a lot of physical stuff together and a lot of emotional stuff that she's having to do too. So I wanted her to be comfortable enough to work with me at that point and also be comfortable with Damien as well. And we just hit it off that, that, we, we, we talked about the movie for a little bit. Then we just started talking about other movies and stuff like that. We just all just kind of, you know, geeked out together for, you know, a few hours there in the middle of Outback. Yes. Hell so, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's our go-to place. So, so we it, it was great. I, I love them both so much. It's, and, and, like, they, I think they upped my game a lot, too. Um, like, Lauren, especially. I, like, God, I'm so excited for everybody to see her performance because I mean, she th this whole film really hinged on her performance. Yeah, it's like that. This was this is Sienna's story. The first film is Art's story. This is Sienna's story, and it, 
her performance is going to make or break this film and she just knocks it out of the park every which way i mean even when i watched the film the the scene where she breaks down after realizing that her mom had died i almost started to cry right there i was like holy shit i've never had a moment like that watching a slasher never (laughs) No, you, never. you rarely ever get that, yeah. She she added such a, a great emotional complexity to this this character that you don't really see in a slasher before. And that's what I liked about that whole family dynamic with Ben. It's just like it's a real family dynamic. It's it's not a perfect family. Their family has gone through some real trauma in their life, you know, with their, their father passing recently. And, you know, their mom is basically so unhinged, trying to keep everything together. And so the two of them are trying to rely on each other. It's just and that the whole image of her sweeping in and, you know, protecting her brother from art. It's that such a great image. Costume. Oh, my God. I love that moment in the film. It's like that was such a... Oh, I was like, that's to me. <laughs> I love that image because like, she's, she's so selfless. She's the anti-art there. She's there to protect everybody else. She's going to take the pain on herself to protect the people she loves. And I was like, that's so good. And it's like, we found the perfect people to play these, these characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well said, buddy. <laughs> yeah, they, they both are really, really good on screen, especially at the end and how crazy you get with, you know, eating... Jonathan, poor kid. Oh my god! Like, poor come kid. on, come on. He's not even dead yet. It's a kid's meal. Yeah. Oh my god. All right. It's you, my happy meal. <laughs> yeah, they gotta start selling that at McDonald's now with with yeah. art on it, and it's just pizza. Da, 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 da. Fingers and everything. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, their chemistry on screen is is really really well done, and I want to see them act in, in other things together outside of. I'm terrified because of how well they, they mended and even seeing them like talk on socials with each other and, and seeing how they interact outside of everything and how close it is. And that's what these films really feel like too, is just how close of a family all of you are. And and I love that, that feeling. Um, and even talking previous, David, how you were going on about the whole family dynamic behind the scenes. It's good when you, when you are, are watching a movie and knowing that everybody who is a part of it, loves what they're doing and they love the people they're working with mm-hmm. um there's so many times you hear of uh people complaining about other people on set and, and and horror stories on set but you would think you'd hear something like that with a a gruesome movie like this but no it's yeah. the complete opposite and i you know props to everybody who is on the team and and creates these films for us to consume and and have nightmares of um and also you know keeping everybody so close and safe and making sure everybody's okay on set. And I'm sure David, you had to, you know, go to Elliot multiple times and, and Lauren and be like, are you okay? I know this is mm-hmm. a very difficult scene just to make sure. Um, it it kind of gives me um, like very late seventies, early eighties vibes with slashes of how kind of crazy things were, were being. And you had to kind of check up on, on everybody. And also, um, in the modern day with how much this movie is pushing boundaries uh, i would imagine that you have to keep everybody in check and to make sure that they're okay mentally because yeah damn <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we we were all each other's support systems during this whole entire thing it's like we're all in this together and we we all of us cast and crew we you know we're doing this for days on the end you know 
multiple hours, you know, long hours into yeah. the early, early morning and we're tired. But it's like everybody was pulling together, you know, one person's flagging, you know, getting a little grumpy or just really just tired and worn out. And, you know, someone else would step in like, hey, you're just to rally the troops and stuff like that. And it's like everybody was each other's support system on this. And I think I think that really translates well to the screen as well, because it's like it's everybody trusted each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you need, especially making a movie like this. Mm -hmm. Um. So I guess another thing I wanted to ask, um, Damien, I'll, I'll ask you, was it your idea to get Felissa Rose a part of this or did she reach out and be like, hey, I want to be in this movie because I know she has a short part, but it's so good. <laughs> um, I think it was just a no brainer meeting her. We immediately fell in love with Felissa when we met her at Horror Conventions. And if you've ever if you've ever met her, she's the most yeah. loving, genuine person, fun person that you'll you'll ever meet. So when you meet her, you feel like you've known your entire life. And we've met her many times at these cons and we became friends. And I said, no, I have to get her in this movie somehow, somewhere. I wish she had a bigger part in it, honestly, because her day on set was so much fun. She brought the, <laughs> brought the energy level through, through the roof. Um, and we were dying laughing. She was laughing with the kids, making them laugh, joking around, you know, screaming her line. What's going on? That's all we say. Now. <laughs> it's yep. so good. Yeah, oh, um, man. Wonderful. No, 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 yeah, I definitely asked her to, to be in it, yeah. For sure. Yeah, um, I met her once. She actually signed. I got this at FYE like years ago. It's like the, the box set of all the Sleepaway um, Camp movies. Awesome. And um, so she signed that, and yeah, she is super. Um, and I want to meet her again. I think she's coming to a few conventions around me relatively soon. Um, so yeah, it was super um, fun to see her in, in this movie. I wanted to see her get ripped apart, though, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We already had too many of those scenes going on. I was like, you know, but we got to get her in there. We got yeah, to get yeah, yeah. It was, per it was perfect, though. <laughs> it would have been funny as if we took Jeff's dick oh my God. and surgically attached it to her. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's the intro to part three. You ruined it. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, David, you're fired. <laughs> Son of a <laughs> new art, <laughs> bring him in. Um, and uh, this is another thing I was actually talking to David uh, when this news dropped uh, last time we were talking. But I wanted to ask you, Damien, Dreambox, um, how did this come about? Did they uh, reach out to you, or did you reach out to them? Yeah, we um, we sent our sales agent when we were shopping the movie around to the Cannes Film Market uh, in France, and. She said, there are these guys I just spoke to that absolutely love this movie and they, they want it like no matter, no matter what, like what, what, you know, whatever it takes. And, and coincidentally, like the next day I got a call from my buddy, Steve Barton, who's friends with Brad Miska of Bloody Disgusting. And they're all yeah. under this umbrella of Cynodyne. And he said, uh, he's like, dude, he's like, I just spoke to a guy. He's like a friend of mine. He's like, who just told me he saw Terrifier 2. He's like, I don't know how he saw it, but he <laughs> says the horror movie, everybody needs to see immediately. He's like, they're working with this company. They want this movie. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, it all just happened, like, so fast. And, yeah, I mean, they just respected the hell out of this movie, knew exactly what it was, did not want to tamper with it, saw the potential in Art the Clown and the franchise and where it could go. 
I mean, it, it's, it's been literally a dream working with them. It was, it's been the greatest like business uh, relationship I've ever been a part of so far. It's been a dream. So, um, so supportive of them. And I really hope that people subscribe to Screenbox. I mean, they really, you know, they're really trying to use Terrifier to help, you know, blow up Screenbox and get more subscribers and stuff. So yeah. they have a lot of great titles that they're acquiring now. So they're really, I'm sorry, trying to build it into something awesome. Yeah, and I can attest to that because um, we're actually we're pretty close to all the people at Screenbox. Um, Alex and um and Brandon. Um, Alex runs all the socials, and and Brandon Hill does like all the acquisitions. Um, Brandon's friends amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... they they both been on the show, and they've been giving us a lot of screeners and stuff. I've been trying to help them also kind of promote everything, and um, there might be some really really cool stuff coming from them on the show in the next couple of months. I'm really really excited about. Awesome. Um, so we're cool. we're kind of like in partnership with them right now, like not sponsored exactly, but we're doing a lot of work with them. And um, when we had the chance to see Terrifier two through them, and then Judy, um, you know, sent us the screener and everything, we're like, holy shit! Like this little podcast that that you know started off so small is like getting traction from a an awesome, you know, platform that I'm now in love with. I love Shutter, I, I really do, but Screenbox is yeah, now like my new home. because um, <laughs> of all the crazy stuff that's going on and and with Terrifier on there and now Terrifier Two coming on there. And um a bunch of other awesome um you know, documentaries and movies. It's a great place to be. So yes, please go subscribe. They have a you know thirty day free trial like I always say places don't do that no one does 30-day free trials it's usually seven days and that's it mm-hmm. um so Screenbox is really a place to be and it's only like five bucks a month it's it's so worth it for the amount of content and stuff that's coming out especially this month there's a lot of really cool shit coming out and um with your where your film being one of them um so i just wanted to kind of ask you about that um now we can go on to a couple of fun things that i think both of you will enjoy and i want to know um, Damien, I'll start with you. Do you have a favorite scene? Ooh, that's a good question, man. There, there, there's so many. Um, I mean, I think you know, technically, from a makeup effects standpoint, I would say I'm <laughs> most proud of the bedroom scene, the alley kill scene for sure. But Cien is my favorite character, so there's so many scenes with her that I absolutely love. I mean, I love her suiting up in her armor that's one of my that's a montage i've had in my head for like over 10 years uh i love montages in movies yeah. like, ever since i was a kid and i saw commando and I, you see arnold suiting up on the beach and that's oh still yeah scenes of all time um but i really love you finally you, you know you guys touched upon it one of my favorite scenes and i would talk about this with lauren all the time and she always asked me what's your favorite scene it's hard for me to pick a favorite but i do love when she shields herself uh when art's whipping jonathan and she shields jonathan and she starts taking the blows yeah it says so much about her character and how much she loves her brother and how much she's willing to sacrifice herself and you know the the crazy thing is is how vulnerable she is i mean her armor has no functionality whatsoever it, <laughs> it's, just, it's just symbolic of her courage i mean but it makes her more vulnerable if anything i mean she's so exposed and just seeing him fillet her with that uh, flagellum is just so intense. But I mean, I'm just seeing her take it and then just flip the switch. And then she just unleashes this fury on him. I mean, that whole piece is really, 
uh, it's a standout for me. And then when she just rises up at the end and just takes the sword, I mean, I love that as well. So badass. Yeah. Um, what about you, David? Oh boy, yeah, those are great scenes too. Um, <laughs> personally, I, I I really love both. You know, like the, the three big scenes for art, especially that I love, were the, um, of course, the clown cafe scene. I think that's just that's so good. I had so much fun doing that because I got to use a flamethrower and a Tommy gun in the yes. same day. And that I was like a giant kid on set that day. I was, that was just so much fun to do. And it's just, it, for once I wasn't covered in blood, I was just able to be crazy and goofy and stuff like that. Um, but also it's like, I, I, I love art in like real world situations, like normal situations that you're not used to seeing a horror, horror villain in. So like when he's doing his laundry, I just love that whole entire scene. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I was cracking up the first time I read that. I was like, "This is brilliant! This is such a great scene. It's going to stand out to people because it's like people are always like, how do these villains get clean? You know, how do they? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, Laundry he goes mat. just clean. But the, whole, the idea that he just strips out of his clothes right there in the middle of the laundromat and just cleans his clothes after being resurrected from the dead after killing a bunch of people is just yeah. like that's that's so funny to me. I just love it." You have that in the, um, the costume shop scene. Is mm-hmm. just that's a great the, the big meme right now. Of, oh, uh, you and the so sunglasses is so good. I uh, there's there's so much extra footage probably of that scene alone because I, I had all these props just to play with. So you only see a smattering of the different glasses. I had a whole entire rack side of glasses I was going down and just doing different fun things with so i had a blast doing that and there's also another scene it's a very small scene but it's one of my favorite scenes because it wasn't originally in the script the way it is and it came because of an accident where um you you see that the broken glass that i had gone through well originally i was supposed to just come through the window and go after Allie, something like that and the the glass that arrived was broken Oh, and the, no. we were, it was late at night and we couldn't, you know, do anything about that. And we're like, well, we have to film this. So Damien, you know, a, f- a few of us go inside and Damien comes up. I just like, well, you know, why don't we just do this saber arts there in the kitchen? Drinking water. Drinking yeah. water. And she comes in. It's just like, that's just because he's just doing this. Like he's just made himself at home. <laughs> It's just you've never seen that before. No, you usually just see them stalking around the house, but he's just like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm thirsty. I'm gonna go over here," you know. And then he just turns around and chases her, and I, I love it. And it also, breaks the little convention of you know when the person runs upstairs, and they're you're just like, "Why did they run upstairs?" Well, he blocks her from running outside, so of course she has to run. So he's yeah. like, "Herded her." They run up the stairs, and like. It's a small little thing, but it, it, it's so effective in that way. It breaks that convention in a weird way. It's like, oh, now we know why she had to go run upstairs. I, I, I thought that was just a fun little bit as well. Yeah, that was that one cracked me up a lot. It's just, you're just chilling in the in the kitchen, and you have like, the little scissors. You're like, heck, I'm going to come get you. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, my God. Like Everything yeah. is just so funny but brutal. Yeah. Great. Um. So I want to take you back to the costume shop. This is something um, Dean and I were talking about. Um, was that an actual um, Halloween store that you went into that's now closed, right, in New York? No, Am no, I correct open. about that? No, it's, I, called, it's called Abracadabra. It's open. It's like the most popular Halloween shop in Manhattan. Uh, it's oh, huge. okay. 
yeah, we're yeah. thinking of another shop that closed uh, down. Yeah. I mean, that place is beautiful. We couldn't even do it justice on camera. It's so big. That Huge. Couldn't capture it all. But uh, yeah, that was that was fun, man. That was such a fun scene. It's one of my favorites too. I mean, listen, this there's so many good scenes. Yeah. In, if uh if i might be so bold <laughs> there's, well, just so there's so many fun moments with art in this movie you know i i too i love the laundromat scene i i like when he does mundane things that that are just so so ordinary in on our everyday life that we take for granted you would never think twice but when you see art do them all of a sudden they become riveting moments like it's something as simple as having a, you know drinking a glass of water or doing your laundry yeah. um, Seeing him do it is, is, is fun. But uh, yeah, the costume shop scene was was great. That was fun. That was one of the moments where it wasn't. But moments like that is where I finally get to kind of sit back a little bit at the monitor and actually enjoy what we're doing and enjoy you know, Dave's <laughs> performance, watching him play. And I, I just sort of don't think about yelling cut. I'm just there as an audience member. And, and watching, you know, I'll supply him with these glasses and everything. And, but just watching him put them on and, and depending on what the glasses are, you know, he brings a personality to it. <laughs> the googly eye ones, there's so much fun. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> Wonderful thing. Very good. Yeah. He's playing with whoopee cushions and other, you know, little trinkets and things and endless stuff. And, and that's where, you know, someone will just look at me and be like, you know, you gotta, you're going to yell cut anytime soon. Like, you know, we're like burning, <laughs> burning through the card here. And I'm like, oh, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, things like that, or things like yeah. that. Really. I like the dinner scene too. I, the my Miss Doubtfire moment, I loved. It <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, that was fun. Uh, the mashed potatoes gets a good reaction uh, apparently from people. They love when you smash the mashed potatoes. It's the most yeah, it. that's a good I one. Yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. If, you know, blowing her face apart wasn't enough. You know. Yeah. <laughs> put, put mashed potatoes i also just love the, the outfit because i had no idea i was going to be wearing that apron and it's like what olga came up with our costumers like this this apron that has these cats all over it i just yeah. thought that was hysterical i was like i was so happy i was like oh my god i love this outfit i love this outfit so much i want to see people cosplaying with this thing yeah yeah it's crazy i think that that honestly might have been i mean after the cat lady scene in part one where he's wearing her skin and we took art out of his costume and I saw how interesting that could be. And that could get a response. I like, you know, if we could mess around with, you know, different variations of, of art and, you know, get him in an apron or something, it brings out a whole nother side to him. Yeah. I think that may have even been inspired by Texas chainsaw massacre. You know, Mm. they come home and they bring Sally home and Leatherface is like prepping dinner. Yeah. Uh, he's dressed as the mom uh that might have even come from that but i I knew putting you know if he was going to start setting the table what better movie to pay tribute to hell yeah (laughs) hell yeah um so kind of going on uh with a a favorite scene um is there a favorite kill um david i'll I'll start with you i think i know what the answer is going to be though oh yes (laughs) definitely the alley kill i mean by far i mean that's just it's an epic kill We've talked about it enough, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jamie, I would imagine it's probably um, your favorite, too. Especially writing, I imagine, was like fun as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it is my favorite as a, as a whole. I, I also really like the uh, the decapitation in the, in the costume shop. Um, oh, that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty brutal. And I was just toying with new methods of uh, marrying visual effects and 
practical because I don't like I don't like using visual effects for gore, um, you know, especially like I'll never use like CGI blood or anything like that. It just never. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> realistic. But something I did a couple of times in this movie uh, to make the dummies and the props look more realistic would be to sort of um, track an actor's face onto a prop. So when his head's getting severed in that scene, I mean, we track the actor's real head so he's twitching and moving his mouth and things as you're doing this awful stuff to the severed head and and that's really effective like seeing this movie with an audience for the first time at fantastic fest different kills get different responses like some people almost cheer and it's a it's a laughter mixed with horror and <laughs> you know uh even with the alley kill there were moments of that but then there were also moments of you know pure disgust or whatever but that decapitation it's like silence like you hear people go like oh jesus like it's like one of those kind of kills where it's like really nasty and, and a little too mm-hmm. realistic so i was happy with that that was pretty interesting and even with Allie's body when she that fake body we talked about when she wakes up and art's still just playing around with her, her, her skin and everything, you know, we digitally put the actresses Casey's eyeball on that to open up just to give more life to it. And when the yeah. fake, it, you know, when she says, mom, that's a fake head. That's a puppet that we digitally put her, her eyeball on. So like little subtle things, but they really bring it to another level. So, yeah. but sorry, I went off, but the, the alley kills definitely as a whole is still my, my favorite. Yeah. And, um, you know, going on what you're talking about, you know, mixing practical and CGI is, is good if, it, if you're using it in the right way. Because yeah. um, they're both tools and they both uh, um, accompany each other so well. And with how subtle it was, like, honestly, I didn't even tell that you even use CGI because it looks so you know, real. So, I mean, you definitely you honed in on that and just did the right amount. You didn't go too crazy with it. And, and I appreciate that. I know all of us horror fans will appreciate that because we're all practical all the way. But um, if you know if you're going to be using CGI, you gotta accompany it with something practical. Unless it really is something you can't do practically, yeah. then then go right go right ahead. Um, but you know, props to you. Yeah, Seriously. But yeah, when that stuff works, listen, uh, CGI is is astonishing i mean you can't you can't deny it and it could help you do so many amazing things to enhance your your practicals yeah. but when i first started noticing what you can do with it for uh for like horror effects you know one of the big scenes that really had an impact on me was in pan's labyrinth when the um the evil uh general or whatever when she slices his mouth oh god He's yeah. like, you know, he's looking and you could see inside his mouth, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they digitally, you know, erase the flesh to look, you know, when she slices his, his, his cheek open, you cannot do that without CGI. It's absolutely yeah. impossible, you yeah. know, but it's a, it's a marriage of the two and it's absolutely brilliant. But when that movie came out, I'm like, Ooh, wow. Like that's how you do it. That's yeah. brilliant. You know, Guillermo del Toro started out as doing makeup effects as well. So he knows how to brilliantly marry the two as well. So yeah, man, learn from the best. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm excited for for your future. Um, that's pretty much all the questions that I have. Um, so uh, I guess a last thoughts on anything. Is there anything that um uh, either one of you want to uh, talk about? I know that, you know the movie's coming out um, October sixth to 800 plus theaters, which is huge yeah. for a film like this. Um, I was talking to my friends who are very excited to see it, and I'm like, this is a movie that you're not going to be prepared to see in a theater. This is more something mm-hmm. you'd see at home. 
So I just want you to, you know, get your barf bags ready because uh, some of my friends are, um, you know, a little squeamish and they probably won't take it that well. But I'm going to see <laughs> it with them, so I can't wait to see their reaction. Oh yeah. Um. So I'm like, just be ready, and for anybody else who's who's curious, it hasn't seen this, and you are going to see it in the theater. Just buckle up. That's that's yeah. all I want to say. Exactly. But um, exactly. uh, David, is there um anything you want to throw out there? You want anybody to know about any upcoming uh, movies or or anything you want mm-hmm. to promote? Yeah, sure. Um, if, of course, Terrifier two, yay! Come out, see us, have fun, go pee before. Because yes. <laughs> yes. um, also, um, I have another movie with the Terrifier team coming out on hopefully next year called Stream with a lot of horror alumni in it. You know, from Felicity's in it. We have like Dee Wallace, Jeffrey Combs, Tony Todd, Daniel Harris, on and on and on. So that's Hell coming yeah. out. Um, we just dropped an Indiegogo campaign for another movie I'm going to be working on next year called The Dead Place. I just saw so that. If, yeah, if you can uh, contribute to that, we'd really appreciate that. That's going to be a, a lot of fun. I, I get to play a another fun character. And this time I finally get to talk in a movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be fun. So if you can contribute to the dead place, please do. I'd appreciate it. And also um, they're about to announce it this week. I believe in like a day or so um, this other film that should be coming out around Christmas. I, I'm guessing probably on streaming platforms, stuff like that. It's going to be centered around a very popular Christmas story, but it's a horror movie. And I'm, I play a pretty mean one in it. Can't wait! So, Can't wait! Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about this before, I believe. So, yes, I'm I'm very very excited for that. Um, as Is a that... horror film, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? as a horror film, it's pure camp, pure parody. It's just fun. It's kind of, has that same type of feel like Krampus did, where it's just like we know exactly what we are and we embrace it and we have fun with it. Oh uh, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Um, Damien, is there uh, anything you want to uh, talk about? Um, to, I, to our I audience. Yeah, I mean, I would just really ask uh, people to come out and see this movie in theaters because mm-hmm. it is it is truly a, an unprecedented situation. Um, never did I think it was going to go into this many uh, play on this many screens. I mean, especially for a sequel to such yeah. a budget movie, and now it's not rated. It has such a you know, it has an unprecedented uh, runtime for a slasher. It's such a low budget movie. I mean, and to be in amcs and regals i mean it's it's really wild but it's gonna be a movie you really want to see with an audience late at night i mean it's it gets so much rea- so many reactions it's like going to a concert this, mm-hmm. seeing this movie at fantastic fest was wild it was just really like overwhelming so yep. you're gonna have a good time there's gonna be a lot of screaming cheering uh, all kinds of reactions so i don't know how many more you know, movie going experiences you'll quite get like this. I think it's pretty rare. So if you can see yeah. it in the theaters, I would say see it in the theaters. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For sure. And um also catch it on screen box when it drops later this month. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah I'll be there um all weekend um in a couple of other theaters um around here. Um and I'm really, really excited to see an audience. Um and you know thank you both for taking the time out of your day. I know you've been crazy all day doing interviews and um it's it's an honor to have both of you here and and talking about this awesome film um thank you guys so much oh dude you're very welcome thank you you for the support dude it really means a lot man big time so it's a pleasure pleasure to be on speaking with you finally yeah and um we'll be doing a full breakdown of this film um when dean gets back from vacation to learn more of his input because i really want to 
deep dive into this and I'm, I'm probably going to be revisiting the first terrifier as well and putting out a little review on that but i didn't do that um previously so that's <laughs> some stuff on my to-do list to uh to do so there's going to be a lot of um terrifier stuff coming out within the next few weeks awesome. on this podcast i look so. forward to it yeah oh. thank so. you dude yeah thank you guys so much for for being here and for everybody listening and watching i thank you for supporting us supporting david and, and damien and terrifier terrifier 2 and anything horror really it means a lot so thank you guys so much and i will catch you on the next one take care